What would it take to convince you that your body is the most incredible healing system ever created? What would it take for you to put your faith in its design to heal itself instead of relying on drugs and other interventions? The, the model of healthcare we have, yeah. it's exactly what you just described. We're, we, we, our last 12 years of our life are not quality years of life. We're living yeah. on dope pills, potions, lotions. Okay? Yeah. It's time to take our health back. If we're going to try to figure out and, and, and manipulate the body, it's a fool's game. I see you know, pharmacies that can call themselves wellness centers now. It's really become watered down. It's really become confusing. When we talk wellness, when we talk lifestyle, we're talking what is the environment you're putting your body in or inside of you that's gonna it's gonna just affect you our way is simply not working even with all our medical advances and technology we are getting sicker we spend more than we spend on military we spend more on anything it's it's, it's 18 percent of our gdp on healthcare. yet we're getting sicker and do we really think that more drugs and more tests and more that's gonna be that's gonna how we're gonna get there yeah, it seems overwhelming but there is hope this is the Design to Heal podcast. I can't think of anybody that I've met in the, in the last 15 years that's come in and said, awesome, I'm on all these drugs and I feel great. It usually goes something like, can you help me yeah. get off of all this crap, yeah. right? The first thing I have to do is teach them that they're designed to heal. Well, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Design to Heal. We are so glad that you are out there listening uh, to us. My name is Jeff McLaughlin, hosting as always and with me. Man, Dr. Ben Rawl, how's it going, bud? Beautiful. Thank you. Excited to be here. You ready to do this? I think so. If my voice holds up, I don't know. You know, it's always, I, I said to my wife this morning, I said, my, I'm kind of losing my voice. And she's like, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think that means he talked. I talk too much. <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll see, what, we'll see how that goes. But it's, it's good talking. So today we're going to talk PTSD, man. We're going to talk about PTSD and wellness. And yeah. uh, with us on the phone, uh, we've got a, a buddy, um, Alan Canerva, Inspired Outcomes in Guelph, Ontario. How's it going, man? Perfect, Jeff. Thanks for inviting me to the show. No problem. Alan, um, you have a show. We, we do a show together, another uh, channel called Life After PTSD, and we've done that for a long time. And uh, of course, I know both of you guys and thought we'd bring the worlds together today. But for way of introduction uh, for the audience of Design to Heal, who probably doesn't know you, can you just kind of give them your story in a nutshell? Um, you, you know, trauma is so pervasive. Trauma is so pervasive. And, and I'm, I'm amazed that you know, that we have to challenge the, the structure of how trauma is treated. But in my own clinic and, and looking at the people who I've worked with and I've trained, I'm also amazed at how uh, the trauma and the post-traumatic stress affects people beyond their emotional states, how it affects their physiology. I've had people who have had chronic pain. I've had people who have manifest their, their trauma in other physical manifestations like hives and... Uh, and, and so, you know, as a practitioner, I know where my swim lane is. I know what I'm uh, designed to do. I know what I'm trained to do. I know where my capabilities are. And I know that my clients need more help. They need to get their nutrition back in order. They need to get their physiology back in order. And I'm so grateful that, you know, the first time I watched Ben on stage, I, I thought I'd found a, a kindred spirit. I, I knew I'd found a kindred spirit. And I wanted to tap into, and I'm so glad you invited me to this show. You know he's not Canadian, though, right? He he lived close to there Canada. He lived up in uh, yeah. the Dakotas, man. Oh, so the air migrated south and kind of infected him. Is that what happened? I don't know. He seems like a pretty nice guy. <laughs> this is totally rude, and Alan, forgive me, but we say we, the joke is the reason that, that it's so windy in South Dakota is because Canada sucks, all right? <laughs> You <laughs> there you go. Just kidding, bro. I'm just teasing. Am I witnessing a friendship ending no, right now, no, too? Is that what happened? No. I Actually, love you know it. Canadians bring out the best in me, right? I mean that, right? 
A lot of Canadian friends. Which Canadians? I'm like, the one I'm talking to doesn't do that for me. <laughs> you talking to? Challenge me to be a better person. Oh, my goodness. Ben, let's talk PTSD and yeah. how that um, interacts with your world. I, yeah. I know that, you know, for thousands of people that you've seen over the years and everything, you, you've obviously encountered that quite a bit and have some opinions on the subject. So sure. get us started. What do you want to say on the subject for, for starters right away? And maybe, maybe some of it needs to be just introducing to this audience of Design to Heal. Yeah. What it is, what it isn't, let Alan chime in on some of that. What do you think, man? Yeah, and I think, you know, just as first, just to kind of get the elephant in the room, what the heck's a chiropractor talking about PTSD, right? What, what, what do you, what on earth, right? Don't you just crack backs and, and, and that kind of a deal? And so, <laughs> and I, and I say that partly because if you're listening, you're thinking like that, I, I don't want to waste your time. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk into this world um, cavalier, you know, seeing people. I mean, I, the latest statistics I see anywhere from 22 to 29, uh, I'm just going to use the veteran statistic that I hear, right, are committing suicide every day in this country. And the statistics are getting worse. And with, you know, shootings that are happening, mean, we just live in almost, and I don't know if it's true, Alan, you could tell me, I heard a statistic that the, the level of trauma that people are experiencing on almost a daily basis now would have been considered, you know, in the 50s to be almost a mental health disorder at that, at that time. Just that people are walking around with so much stress. Now, stress, of course, comes in many different fashions. You can have emotional stress. You can have nu nutritional stress. You know, you can have trauma. Matter of fact, one of the things I, I, I really appreciate, and people wouldn't know this, but the founder of chiropractic, his name was Dee, Dee Palmer, and he had this concept he called the three T's. Okay. And so those are thoughts, traumas, and toxins. So traumas are obvious, you know, micro trauma, macro trauma, false lips. Um, the uh, toxins, of course, would be the obvious toxins, cigarettes, things like that. And, but also uh, food that we eat, medications, things like that. And then the first one, though, was thoughts. And what I find so interesting, he would said this. He said, he goes, I would say, now this is a chiropractor. Okay. He said that he said 95% of our health problems had to do with the thoughts. Now, I don't know, you know, if we can prove that number. I just find it really interesting. The guy that founded, you know, Pushing on Backs said, hey, just so we're clear, 95 of this mess probably starts in thoughts, okay? And now I take that to say, hey, and this goes into why I would even do this show, which is I feel like it's so important that we help a person know that they're designed to heal. Now, I know that sounds like a plug to the name of the show, but it's, I, I probably say it 500 times a day. Because if you know that you're designed to heal, and it goes, don't, I just don't want to gloss over this too fast. If you know that, then your approach is going to be very different. If I was 100 pounds overweight, but I had no concept that I was able to lose weight, I just, then why would I bother? If I didn't believe that I could, I'd be like, I don't know. Guess this is what it's like. So from trauma. So I love guys like Alan that I can say, hey, because here's what breaks your heart. And I'm, Alan, I'm sure this happens to you. You know, you're, you're working with somebody. You're trying just to love them and encourage them and bless them. And, and you know they're going to go over to somebody else and have a conversation about maybe the similar issue. And they're going to get fed a whole different, you know, stuff. I don't know what word's best to use there. And so... What I'm always looking for is my job first is to help a person know that they're designed to heal from headaches, from back pain, from arthritis, from diabetes, from traumas, from depression. You say, but Dr. Ben, how can you say that? Because I've seen it thousands of times because the body's designed to heal. What do you mean it's designed to heal? I don't know. Look down at your hand. You probably have a cut or something that's happened or a blister or something that's happened in the last you know, month or two. And look at it, it's gone. It's healed. 
If you've broken a bone and that bone has healed, the body that, you know, the cast didn't do that. You know, the, the, the drug didn't do that. Your body did that. And so if we can heal from, from a, a scratch on my finger, if we can, you know, I said this earlier, we we're talking about Dean Ornish or, or you know, um, this idea of heart disease. And I often say this, depending, so my dad had, my stepdad had struggled with some heart issues. And if his, if he would have happened to live in California and his cardiologist would happen to have been Dean Ornish, he would have gotten a much different story told to him. Right. Or if you're in, if you're in Cleveland, you know, the Cleveland clinic and you, Dr. Esselstein, it ends up being your doctor. He's going to have an entirely different approach to your cardiovascular disease and his protocols for that. And so a lot of times it ends up who you end up being in front of. So you end up with somebody that says, oh, well, sorry, here's your diagnosis. Here's your pills. You'll never get better. Take this. Sorry. It's the best we can do. You know, your insurance covers it. And so this is my passion first is just to let people know, again, at the, the risk of just sounding like a, a, a broken record, you're designed to heal. Now, once we get that grasped, now what does that mean? Okay, what, what things you know, are, are related to that? What, what, what interferes with that? What promotes that? Now we can have that discussion. It's amazing, isn't it, Ben? And in my context, when I think about somebody who's traumatized and they're reliving that trauma every day, they're being woken up three, four times a night, they're sleeping less than four hours, um, and that they're being triggered into full sympathetic arousal multiple times a day with all the chemicals that are produced. And I think about the physical impact of that. You know, you, yeah. you do that for what, you know, yeah. if you do that for eight years, you've seen, you know, Jeff, you've seen me work with guys who've been traumatized for 29 years. Think about the cost on their body after 29 years. And it doesn't matter if it's one year or 29 years, the cost physically, it has to manifest itself physiologically. But, but in my own body, I know that when I take on emotional stress that my body reacts, that, that my body yeah. gets out of alignment. I've shared with you before that I've just gone through a, a six weeks of a chiropractic helping me release and clearing emotions simultaneously. And, and so the two worlds come together so well. When you start talking, when I listen to you talk about the potential for your dad to have a different outcome and how thoughts uh, change our world. My father passed away at 60, just before his 61st first birthday. And it, my mom passed away a year before. And my dad had a mantra that he would say, and, and after my mom passed away, it was once or twice a day, he would say, life gets tedious. By the time he passed away, he was saying that 20, 30 times a day. You know, what, what was the impact, what was the negative impact of, to that thought process on his body, every aspect of his body? You know, Alan, I think, and I, I oh man, I, I, I'm sure we have the same thoughts often, which is, I can't believe that I'm having to convince people of this, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is this, you know, I, I tell people and forgive the extremeness here and I'm always sensitive to audience members. Um, and I know that, that you and I are sensitive because, you know, we see this on a daily basis. So we don't, we're not cavalier about this, but, but everybody understands that you could go make today like a horrible day right? Like honestly, the worst day of your life, you could, you could even, you know, attempt to end your life to go extreme here. And so people very easily buy that, right? They're like, yep, <laughs> right. I can have a bad attitude all day and I can expect the worst and I can repeat things like that to your dad now, but now start to say like, Hey, what about the opposite of that? Is that what, what could that, what could that look like? And then for some reason, that conversation is false hope, goofy unicorns and rainbows, you know, some weird. So like when I tell some Somebody that they can heal, people are like, whoa, 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 who are you to say that? I would say, time out. Who are you to say they can't heal? Like, what, what? How, how can I? So, for me to have hope for somebody, faith, belief, you know, encouragement for somebody, 
to, that they can heal and the things that they put. And then this, but this is not like foo-foo. This is like physiology, right? The things that we eat. If, if you got a phone call right now and we've all gotten them, you know, some horrible news that just happened, you know, a child of ours or a spouse or a dear friend, we would have an immediate physio- physiological response. I might faint. I might pass out. I might vomit. My tummy hurts. I get a headache. We go, well, yeah, that's understandable. But yeah, to your point, but instead I've been living on Ho-Ho's, Whiskey, and Marlboro's. I get four hours of sleep a night. That can't possibly be why I have sinus problems. That can't possibly be why I'm not having the best day of my life. That can't possibly be why I'm tired. That can't possibly be why I'm depressed. And Jeff, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, um, but I just, um, I guess I would would want you to speak to, to this audience to, to, and I'll, and I'll set this up for you a little bit. Um, I recently watched a a documentary, uh, before it's been released and it's called medicating normal. And, um, and it's, um, it's, it's what you would think. And it's a lot about PTSD specifically with people that have been in the military, not, not entirely, but it's heavily focused that way. And, uh, you know, um, alternative ways, if you, I don't even love that word, but right. a, A different approach to helping these people get to the cause. And it tells the, the traditional stories that would break your heart. And, uh, and one of the studies they talked about in there was a study that they did on, on Xanax. Okay. So they took people and it was, um, and it was, uh, over and they said, so it was a placebo. So these people were, and they, they measured it was how many panic attacks they were having per week. So they, they took the people placebo group and uh, a group got Xanax. And after four weeks, the group that was on the Xanax was having less panic attacks than they both went down, but the group having the Xanax was having less panic attacks than the group, uh, the placebo, right? After four weeks. At 14 weeks, the, the Xanax group was now having more than ever and was worse than they were four weeks ago, but now they're addicted and dependent on a medication for the rest of their life, okay? The placebo group was actually still lower and, and kind of hanging in there. And so I look at that because some people say, oh, you're just against drugs or you just, you know, you know you've got to, like, hey, people could choose. Here's the problem. Here's why I have to, we have to jump into this because you're going to get told, because you know what the re, you know what the published medical journal said? It said Xanax reduces panic attacks by 42%. That was the, that was what the public read. That's what your doctor told you. The problem is he didn't tell you because maybe they weren't even aware of it because they cut the study short. What they didn't tell you was at 14, you're worse than you were when you started. And so people don't believe and they like, hey, it's, it's like saying, hey, you could lose weight through, you know, cutting your leg off or you could lose weight through diet and exercise. They're the same. You just get to choose which one you want to do. They're not the same. They are not even close to physiologically the same. So getting to the cause of a problem, helping somebody break through trauma or, or you know, or the, I don't want to use the wrong words here, but just heal from the, you know, PTSD or other. It's very different. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, Alan, but that's very different than than medicating it. Is that fair? Well, that that is entirely fair. I mean, <laughs> Knowing he, Alan, you just sang to him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I think I think you need to. Uh, we if we step back and look at the structure uh, of the diagnosis of PTSD, it, it comes from the diagnostic manual, the DSM five, and the diagnost. You know, if you if you meet these criteria, you have this disorder. You have a disorder now. And therefore, the, the treatment for this disorder is this and this and this, whatever this and this and this is. If you, if you listen to veterans in America, they talk about the, the, the treatment, the preeminent treatment is to isolate and medicate, right? Yep. That's what they're saying. They're being isolated and medicated. And there's an institution here in my hometown, and I'll, you know, I'll name them. They're the Homewood. And they advertise that they treat 2,000 people a year, but they don't advertise their success rate. It's an eight-week program. The average person that goes in there for eight, eight weeks does two and a half 
times through, in my experience, the people I meet that have been in the center have been in multiple times and not successful. They don't come out. They come out on medication. And they and, and some of the people I've talked to that have been there in there, they the, the counselors do a form of prolonged exposure. So you do a session of prolonged exposure, then your symptoms are worse. Guess what they do? Jack up your meds. And when you and just for my listeners, prolonged exposure because I think this is is a is a really important and and even in my world and I think the first time I heard that word was actually Alan when I started talking with you, just getting my head around that a little bit because I would actually, I would actually say that we that's what we're doing in, in healthcare as well. Prolonged exposure to a horrible diet, expecting you to get Correct. better. You know, so that's exactly so what it is. prolonged exposure though. But when you're talking, tr- can you just tell my listeners what you mean by that from the traditional kind of PTSD world? Yeah, pro- prolonged exposure is, is a retelling of your story in great detail so that you're sympathetically aroused, fully associated into the traumatizing memory. And, uh, you know, there's a 60 Minutes documentary about it when it was touted as the new best thing because it, like your explanation of the drug having a 40% success and then cut the, yeah. the uh, training off, prolonged exposure had some fairly good success rates that, you know, in, in, in at that time you know, over 30% success rate. And, and uh, the Journal of American Medicine actually challenged in, in September 2015 all of contemporary treatments of trauma uh, with the exclusion of NLP and said, how can you say this is successful? You've got less than a 40% success rate because what the PE people, the prolonged exposure people didn't say is, what is the recurrence rate? And so what prolonged exposure does is you you get fully traumatized into it and you record it and you listen to it over and over again. Now, the people, you know, you watch the documentary on 60 Minutes, the guy who comes out the end of it, it was a zombie. Yeah. If you, t- if you talk I mean, to it a sounds, person. It's to- and I, I mean, again, we, just it's, as a, it's torture. A, it's torture. It's, I mean, think, I'm just, if you're a listener right now and you're thinking, and I don't even want to do this, but this is how horrible this is. Think about like one of the worst things you've experienced in your life, you know, and you could, we could use them, just use your imagination on what some people have probably gone through. Then imagine having to. And, and I go through that time and time and time and time again. And if you think about the concept, you guys, what we're, tr- what we're doing is, so I'm just going to get used to horrible stuff. That's the goal, right? It's desensitization. I hate to, you know, I hate to throw the, do the old video game thing, but there's, you know, research to show that, but if I'm going to play video games for 20 hours a day, me killing people, you know what I mean? And I don't, yeah. Alan, I'm sure you got an opinion on that, but you know, it, there's a reality that that affects us. Um, any more than me eating ho-hos all day is going to affect me. And so you know, I think now, of course, there's always, and that's where, again, this concept of knowing you can heal. If the best you have to offer me is I'll just get numb to the the horrible thing I went through and put some drugs on top of that to make you feel, you know, again, I remember when I was a kid and, and I, you know, back in the day, remember, did they do that up in Canada? Dare? It was called the Dare program. Like, I know the theme song to that, to man. Get kids I off. could yeah. sing you the okay. theme song. It was song. kind of our version. I think uh, Nancy Reagan started, if yeah. I'm remembering right. Fifth grade, I think, somewhere yeah. in that range, sixth and grade. It was, something. You know, yeah. it was about drug awareness. And I remember yeah. this one thing and it said, you know, hey, so and it was, I remember it was talking about alcohol and it said, hey, if you're really stressed out, you're having us. So, you know, you, 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 you know, you, you get drunk at night. You know, it said, you know, you might feel a little bit better that night or you're going to be, you know, whatever it was right you're gonna you're, you know drown your sorrows if you will and they said but, but when you wake up in the morning you know they're, they're still there and they're probably worse right and i want for whatever reason why that logic makes total sense to us any more than putting gas in my you know sugar in my gas tank in my car is not good for it, but sugar in my body yep that's great um any more that so i don't know why we put logic aside and say well yeah no you can't get drunk every night and expect your problems to go away however if you take this thing it looks like an m&m it does like it's it's quite insane to me alan and and so 
what do you say to a, a, maybe even a listener? And again, we're not doctoring over the internet or anything here. You know what I mean? But what do you just say as encouragement to people that are walking through some stuff like that? Think about trauma, post-traumatic stress, drop the D. Veterans around the world are advocating to drop the D. It's an injury. They weren't suffering before they were traumatized. So it must be an injury. Drop the D and, and take a new frame. Post-traumatic stress is an injury like a broken arm, and it is actually your brain's perfect reaction in an abnormal situation. Just like an allergy has been, you treat allergies, I treat allergies, it's your, your body's reacting perfectly in an exaggerated way. A fever is a good thing. The body's doing the right thing, right? Correct, yeah, yeah. correct. So that, that's the first thing. So if listeners would just take that on and say, if, if this was an injury, you know, my son, survived, my, son my 18-year-old son, was an international athlete, and he, and he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. And, and this is six years ago, and the current research back then was, at the leading institutions, was to go into sensory deprivation and shut the brain down to allow it to heal. Unfortunately, he went to a hospital, Vancouver General Hospital, where the ward where they put them in wasn't aware of the leading edge. And I walked in his room, he was on about day um, eight or nine. He had post-traumatic amnesia for 12 days, Ben. So he, he, he still, or sorry, he was just out of the post-traumatic amnesia phase. I walked in his room. They had a video playing and the movie was Ed Harris's enemy at the gate. So the first things they're installing in my son's broken brain is the dark macabre movie mm. of snipers in second world war. Mm. I, I, I got that one out. I came back later in the day and they had fast and furious on i lost my brain i kicked everybody out put him in sensory deprivation we brought in energy healers craniosacral healers we adjusted his giant diet got him on branch chain amino acids because six years ago the leading research was branch chain amino acids help brain plasticity we did everything possible we had faith groups praying for him we had a group in sedona 50 people meditating for him 12 weeks later, he was released on his own recognizance. The doctor in charge of his care and her team read, reread, and reread for a third time his diagnosis on admission and said, This doesn't happen. It's some sort of spontaneous remission. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. We didn't buy the dogma. We believe that he could be perfect. We believe he could be absolutely 100% healthy. Alan, it reminds me there's a, a neurosurgeon. And oftentimes because if people, we were talking a little bit earlier or the other day about people think, oh, you're a quack and, you know, they don't, you know, what do you, you're not a real doc, whatever it is, right? And um, and Russell Blake, so I always like to find people that are, you know, like you said, cutting edge of the Bruce Liptons of the world. There's a, a neurosurgeon, his name is Russell Blaylock. And he, uh, he's been in this path for a long time. I love reading his stuff. And he tells his story when he was first doing rounds in the hospital. And it was, I believe, Alan, it was it was traumatic uh, injured, paper, brain injury. And they were just, all they were doing was dripping sugar water in, right? Just glucose, drip, dripping sugar water in their IV. That was their nutrition. And he said, like, this is crazy. Like, why, why, like, let's just throw some vitamins in there. Like, what's it going to do? You know, that's going to hurt them. And uh, so he started on four, you know, if you will, he just started kind of sneaking in vitamins, put on a vitamin IV on there. And, you know, lo and behold, they were getting better outcomes. Well, you and I would look at this and go, what a breakthrough. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. No, 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 no. Uh, they, they fired him from his position, right? 
And so back to that story I told a little bit earlier about that, that nurse that said, I've never seen anything like this. Well, yeah, if you're going to, the definition of insanity, if you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result, we take, we, this is why I tell patients and people all the time. Think about this. So since 1960, we're taking 6,500% more drugs than we took back then. Okay. So 6,500% more drugs. So, so as the thought, and we spend, you know, four five trillion dollars a year on healthcare in the United States is the thought that. 10 years from now when we're spending double and we're taking 10,000 times more? Like, do you, is that the, just consider this. Like, why do you think it's going to change? The plan is more drugs, more diagnosis, more treatment, more labels, more of this. And until that whole model's flipped on its head, which says, hey, we know you're designed to heal. Let's remove things that are interfering with that and support the body's natural healing process. Then we have a whole different approach. So you look at somebody just, again, what you're just talking about, a person realizing, hey, it's like childhood. They call it a childhood disease. You know, when you talk about vaccine stuff, it's not childhood disease. It's an illness. You're not, you don't have a disease. It's something you have forever. You know, you're not, it's not an illness that you have. For, you know, that illness is different than a disease, but they use that to, to get you. When the minute it's a disorder, right, the minute it's, it's labeled as a chronic disease, on, by their definition, that means you have it for the rest of your life. Your body's incapable of healing that. I have a patient here at my office that had MS, a wheelchair MS, diagnosed disability for 10 years. And she had a miraculous healing. Before I even met her, she's just told me she had to go back in. They wouldn't, they wouldn't undiagnose her. And she's like, I don't have it. They did the scans. Everything was better. She had to go to a different doctor who worked her up. And he's like, yeah, you're fine. She's worked. She just went back. She went to back to work as a teacher for another 10 years and just retired this last week in full, vibrant health. Ben, yeah. a, fr a friend of ours uh, who had severe PTSD, um, U.S. military sergeant, yeah, and uh, considered suicide one time. Had the rifle in the corner, but didn't because there was children playing upstairs, and he was afraid he might shoot them as well. He worked. He worked with us. Uh, he's clear of his PTSD. He is. A, his name's Dan. He is a massive advocate for PTSD being an ill uh, injury that can be healed. When he went back to his VA psychiatrist and asked to be retested and have his post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis removed. The psychiatrist said it's not possible. He said, first, people don't request that. And second, post-traumatic stress can't be healed. The psychiatrist from Veterans Administration said it's not possible. There's the problem. You're now looking at the problem face off. Guys, I want to take a break right now. Let's reset some things. We're going to come back. We're going to get even more into this subject here. This is a, this is a beautiful conversation. If you're out there listening, more to come here. Hang with us after the break. And we'll see you in a second. Well, I want to welcome the listeners back to Design to Heal. I am here with Dr. Ben, as always, and Alan Canerva on the phone live from Guelph, Ontario, just having a great conversation uh, about PTSD. Um, Alan, before the the break, you alluded to our mutual friend Dan Jarvis, and I was gonna I was gonna chime in earlier and talk a little bit further about that prolonged exposure thing because I think there's just a really good analogy to 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 that and also what happens in healthcare. And Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some things that I think are going to astound you, and I want you to jump in with the parallels of what you see in your world of wellness here. Um, it, it's not just that they're doing the prolonged exposure thing. Alan, you'll chime in on this as well. It's that they do that. Alan, what is it? Twelve to fifteen sessions these vets are getting at the VA per trauma on prolonged exposure. It can often be over twenty. Unreal. And if they're doing cognitive behavioral therapy, it'll be twenty-two to twenty-eight sessions so. per per trauma. Yeah. How many of these guys are uh, are one trauma guys that have done multiple tours? Well, in in the current context, most of the guys have been, you know, they've done anywhere from eighteen to forty-two months 
yep. in the field. And, and if you're in the field and you're a combat soldier, you've been outside the fence three, four, five times a, a, a week, and you've been asked to do things that offend your morality, and you've had things done to you which offend your morality. So they go and they get these sessions, right? They get maybe a 20, 30% success rate at best, but success being defined uh, as uh, what, within the first year, they don't really look at the the second, third year. And what we know is uh, from those VA numbers, a lot of times by year two or three, a significant portion of them have been re-traumatized, right? Have, have revisited that. I think, I think think Jeff, uh, Dr. Gray talked to you about, you know, the walkout rate, when you even research things like prolonged exposure, the walkout rate is 20, 30, 40%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These organizations that do prolonged exposure don't talk about the people who leave the program. Right, and and so what we know, like I, I'm just focusing in on prolonged exposure in our veterans. What we know is, uh, Ben, you talked earlier about that suicide rate. Um, you know, those numbers vary, but somewhere, let, let's call it 22, 23 per day, give or take, or whatever. And And most of those guys that are doing that would say that the VA failed them, right? In fact, several of the suicides that we've seen, we've even had some here in Central Florida that have happened where the suicide took place in the parking lot of the VA, right? As a kind of final, hey, you failed me, I want you to know it kind of thing, let the message get out. You know, that's that's the world that, you know, that we're up against right there. That's that's the world. So it's not just that, you know, they're trying to just desensitize and everything. I mean, it's it's just, it's awful. It's, it's completely awful. Here's the thing that, that if there was a statement that I wish I could, you know, erase to some degree or, or that comes up so often is um, some statement like this. And Alan, you've heard it many times and, and we often hear it um, after the fact, but it'll say something like this. Um, we did all we could. And that has almost become the bane of my existence. And, and because what that often means, oh, you will just, because we're in this conversation, I'm, I'm, I'm just here. I mean, I've got veterans in my family. Listen, guys, and again, I don't, I want any listener to understand. I've got, my, my uncle died on 46 medications. He was a Vietnam vet, decorated Purple Hearts, never, reco- never recovered from whatever it was that happened in Vietnam. I have a father-in-law that's had to walk through some stuff. He's on, uh, he, and I don't want to expose him on this call, you know, but I'm just saying, so I get it to, to the degree that a guy that doesn't suffer with it can get it, okay? But when I hear things like, we did all we could, when I meet somebody and they say, well, they did all they could, I said, did they address your nutrition? No. Did they address your, you know, fitness, oxygen? No. Did they address toxicity? No. Did they address brain-body connection? No. Did they address your spiritual group? No. So they, listen, they didn't do all they could. Okay. It's a pile of, I don't want to swear on this podcast. I haven't done it yet, but that is a pile. I can do it for you. You can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would think the Canadian would be the one to swear? But this is why I get so, so frustrated. We overemphasize, you know, the one, you know, standard operator or something like that. Like, like that's a, we did all we could. And that's not even talking about the potential. So in that, you know, the old for, miss the forest for the trees. So if your only tools are in there are, you know, the, the, the real, the re, prolonged exposure stuff or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and in medications and it's all you do and you just go, I don't know. So it either worked or didn't work. If it didn't work, you did all we could. If it, if it kind of sort of worked, then we say, Hey, look at that. But if you didn't entertain, people don't understand this, especially about drugs when they say, Hey, and this is the last thing, Alan, I want to get your two cents on this or your thoughts on it more than two cents. But you know, I think sometimes we magically think that, you know, especially when we go to a doctor of any sort and they, like they go back into this magic room and they go, okay, so this person has migraines. So, um, I know it's not allergy related. I know it's not toxicity. I know it's not my spinal alignment. I know it's not this. I know it's not this. I know it's not emotional. Uh, it's a lack of imitrex. 
That's what it is. So let me give them a drug for the rest of their life. And so we think when they walk back in that room that they went through all this magical list of things and they gave us the, the most scientifically valid approach to that. When that's just not true. What they found out, you know, and then if you would go to maybe the study of that and the, how that drug got approved, they didn't compare it against anything. They didn't do anything about lifestyle. They didn't do any of that. And so you are oftentimes um, making assumptions that, about what happened that really didn't happen, right? And so, um, Alan, what's your two cents or your thoughts on that? Excuse me. Well, when you look at, at, at the administration of drugs and, you know, uh, boy, you want to poke the bear. This is the, here we go. But, you, you know, we, we did a live demonstration with a 42-year-old Marine corpsman who had been suffering with post-traumatic stress desperately. He had his service dog with him. Um, in the pre-treatment interview, he revealed to me that he was on 350 milligrams of Zoloft a day. The, the therapeutic treatment range for Zoloft is 50 to 200 milligrams. So he was 150 milligrams over the daily uh, uh, amount to the point where the FDA phoned him and said, hey, how are you doing? He's down now to 50 milligrams a day. He's still taking it. I treated him the first time at the end of February and again at the end of uh, March. And and he's now um, – yeah, he's now going through other health issues, and nobody seems to be connecting the dots that, you know, the time he was he was on the Zoloft, whether it was a year or two or three, at these extraordinary dosages, what what impact did that have on his body? And and that's one of the cocktail of drugs, right? right. It's just one of the cocktail of drugs, and 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 all of my clients who I've treated uh, for post traumatic stress who stay in and complete the program get free of their drugs under the supervision of their doctor. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell them to get off their drugs. I would never tell them to get off their drugs. But I say, if you're feeling better, go get re-diagnosed by your doctor. Why stay on these chemicals? They, you weren't meant to have them in your body. Your body heals by itself. Amen. It is a serious issue. <laughs> Guys, I, I want to ask you this in closing. Um, there are people out there that are listening to this show that are either traumatized or they know someone. Okay, there nobody listening to this show that doesn't fit one of those two categories right there. What do you guys want to say to those people right now who've been introduced to this topic and certainly introduced to both of your passion, but also the possibilities? Uh, what would you say to them? I don't know. I'll go, I'll go first here. I, I, I think the, 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 the number one thing to adopt, the number one thing to accept is that uh, post-traumatic stress is an injury and it may manifest in so many ways. It may manifest in in mental issues, it may manifest in physical issues, physio physiological issues, um, and and accept that you, that it's your body's, your brain's perfect reaction to an abnormal situation, and it needs to be healed. And there are opportunities for healing, in in a holistic, uh, proactive way. And and I would encourage people to know that it's an injury. And it's an injury that can be healed. I think for me. Um, I it's kind of like I, I like to eliminate um, variables. You know, there's there's so is there is there there's headaches that happen or migraines or something, right? Because a, a person has a brain tumor, right? But that doesn't mean that everybody that has a headache needs to go get a brain scan done and you know um, find out if they have a brain tumor. And I'm a I'm a big fan, of course, of conservative, uh, effective care. And so what what you know let's let's focus on the main things first that we know. So again, not to take away from any of the seriousness that anybody has gone through. Maybe they've, you know, done the most scene and, and had been asked to do some of the most horrible things. That doesn't mean that 
their nutrition doesn't matter. That doesn't mean that sleep isn't critical to them. That doesn't mean that, you know, addictions to other toxins, whether it's drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or tobacco, whatever, um, doesn't play a role. And so what we, what I wanted, would want a person to know, number one, of course, is that, that they, that they can heal. It's an injury and they can heal, um, and get people around you to support that believe and think that way. So they can encourage you through that process. And then part two, do the things that you can do, you know, feel, feel yourself with good stuff. I mean, you, you know, how do you, you know, my, I, I tease my wife sometimes, right? She, she, if she doesn't eat, she can get hangry. We've heard that term, you know? And so what, what, <laughs> what, what can happen to us if we're nutritionally deficient, you know, for a period of years, if we're living on junk food, if we're not getting good sleep and, you know, and just add to that, that can affect us. And of course, emotionally, let's just like the founder of chiropractic would say, Didi Palmer, 95% of it's related to our thoughts. And so do the basic things you can do. And those can have people say, that's too simple. I said, breathing simple. Don't do it for five minutes and you'll find out how important it is. Yeah. Like it isn't like that isn't a justification where they think, well, that's not possible. That sounds too simple. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm glad it's simple. Like, I don't know. Why do you want it to be complicated? Feed yourself good stuff. Your body can heal and regenerate at a, at a higher, at a higher level. Clean up your fishbowl. I often use that example. When the fishbowl water gets dirty, that fish isn't going to function. That fish might get a little depressed. That fish is less resilient. It's not less able to handle traumas. It's less able to handle life. And so you know, again, I want to be clear. I, I think I would say, I know I can say this. I don't, I don't treat and or do I cure PTSD? Never have, never will. And I don't even think Alan would say he cures it. He would say the body through processes of, you know, and, and tools heals itself. Is that fair to say, Alan? I think that's absolutely fair. I think that's exactly what we do. Guys, I, I think there's so much beneficial information on this topic, but there's so much more to say. We're going to land the plane there today and revisit that in the future, I'm sure. Ben, how do they find you? What's the best way to for someone out there listening to reach out to you and, and get connected with, with your facility here? Yeah, probably on Facebook, either my personal Ben Rawl on Facebook and or our, our, um, our office, Achieve Wellness. And uh, Alan, of course, for those out there who want to connect with you and, and shoot you an email or something like that, they find you at what, at inspiredoutcomes.ca, is that correct? Absolutely, inspiredoutcomes.ca, and my telephone number is on that site, and my email, everything's right there. Super so on cool. inspiredoutcomes.ca. Awesome, brilliant. Well, if you're out there listening, I would just ask you to subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening to Designed to Heal on, and make sure that you get notifications when new episodes drop. And uh, thank you for listening, for giving us your time. Connect with these guys. If you have questions and, and you have thoughts, connect with them. Don't sit on your hands and not uh, act on the need to clear your traumas or help someone who is in need. Uh, you have resources here that are certainly available to you. We look forward to catching up with you next week. And uh, you've been listening to Design to Heal. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Now imagine a new normal you get to decide when you understand your body's amazing design. Connect with us today by visiting AchieveWellness.clinic and join us on the mission by sharing this episode with someone you love.